ELC Radio. Hey everybody, I hope you enjoy this podcast. This week we are talking about being relentless. You know, we need to be relentless in our pursuit of God. There will always be things that try to sideline us and try to get our focus off the things of God. We have to be people like the woman with the issue of blood who went after Jesus, even though there were people trying to keep her away. She had to push through the crowd and all the obstacles to get her healing. I pray that as you listen to this podcast, you will become relentless. God. God is going to cause you to change and he's going to cause you to take your promised land, but you got to quit looking for a get rich quick scheme. Come on, somebody. God is thinking peace of you and not evil. That when he thinks about your life, he's not mad at you. The strongest people are people that understand togetherness. All throughout your life, you're on this journey to go from me to we. Love God. Lift others. Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. We've been enjoying a great series called Relentless. And I know uh, Chris said I had a great word for you guys uh, last week about pursuing the presence of God. And I just want to continue on that thought of being relentless. But I want to bring the focus a little bit now to being relentless with our inner man. Everybody say inner man. Now, we just read here in Ephesians how Paul is stressing, Apostle Paul is stressing to us to be strengthened in the inner man. Okay. Now, when you read this whole chapter there, the reason he's emphasizing to be strong in the spirit man or the inner man is he's saying there before so that you do not lose heart when you go through things. I want you to catch this today because I want I pray that when you leave here today, you you become relentless in your pursuit of having a strong spirit. That's what being a Christian is about. It's not about just your church attendance or your tithing records or your serving. It is about you having a strong spirit because we are called to live from the inside out. I'm going to explain more about what that means in a little bit. But you've got to be relentless. You've got to go after. You've got to be tenacious about building up your spirit man. It's something you've got to do on purpose. And the reason we need to do that is because when tough times come, you don't want to faint because you're not strong. And we see this all the time. We see people go to church, and then the minute they go through something, they fall off. The minute they go through something, they're back to smoking weed. The minute they go through something, they're back in the club, hanging out with their old friends. They leave God, and it's all because they hit some rocky ground or they went through some storms. But how many of you know that storms will come? You know that. Even New Edition told us that. This we know for sure. So we've got to be able to stand the rain, amen? And the way we do that, Paul says is when you build up your inner man. Build up your inner man. And there's certain things you've got to do, but you've got to be relentless about it. 
Because some people, the only word they get is when they come into these doors, when they come to church. The only time they worship God is when they're playing music up here. And when you do that, you neglect the inner man that God, that, that Paul tells you that you've got to build up. And so what happens when it gets tough, when you go through things, people lose heart. And my prayer is this, that we produce disciples in this house, that when the going gets tough, they don't get going. It's when the going gets tough, they rise up to the challenge. Are you tracking with me today? See, Proverbs 24.10 says this, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Your strength is small. You can tell who you really are when you're going through it. See, there's a lot of us that have the appearance of faith and strength. It's like you look strong, you sound strong, but then you go through something and you crumble. That's what reveals who you are. Reveals who you are when you crumble in the day of adversity. And what does it reveal? It reveals that you have not taken care of your inner man. Can I get an amen on that? So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through 18. It says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Here it is. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Everybody say day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so look at this. Paul again emphasizes the importance of the inward man. And he says there, it's being renewed day by day. It's being renewed by the word of God. It's being renewed by our worship. It's being renewed by our our praying in the spirit. All these things renew us and cause our inner man to grow. Why do we need our inner man to grow? Why should we be relentless about strengthening the inner man? It's because that is what God has called you to live out of. He's called you to live from a place of your surroundings on the inward man rather than living on your outward man. I'm going to explain that a little more as we go here. Look at Colossians chapter 3, 8 through 11. It says this, but now you yourselves are to put off all of these things. Anger, wrath, malice, which means doing wrong, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth, or on your Facebook, come on somebody, or on your gram, come on, Instagram. Paul's telling us here, put off these things. As believers, we shouldn't walk around angry all the time. Get some therapy, amen? It's not normal that you get mad every day. Anger should not be a normal part of your makeup. So he tells us here, put off anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy, and filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Now here it is. And you have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who has created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, 
circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, raider, 49er, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So what is he saying right here? He's again telling us, put on the new man that's renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who has created him. Walk out of your inward man. See, we've got to pursue this, folks. We've got to pursue building ourselves up because that is what's going to get us through the tough times. That is what's going to get us through the the, the days and the storms where it's rough. We've got to focus and be relentless about that, okay? And so Colossians tells us here, the inner man is renewed by the knowledge of his word. Stay with me. I'm building a a platform here. So then we look at Jude chapter 1, 17 through 21. And it says this, but you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual people who cause division, not having the spirit. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So again, it's telling us now, build up your inner man by praying in the Holy Spirit. See, there's a pattern here that Apostle Paul is trying to get us to understand. And that is this, in order to be a strong Christian, you got to build up your spirit. How many know that when we give our lives to Jesus, we are born again? It's a second birth. We're all born in the spirit as babies. But we are not supposed to stay babies. We've got to grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. So we've got to grow up. And see, in order to grow up and grow right, it's going to take some conscious effort on your part. And this is why Jesus described his followers as being disciples. Because that word disciple means disciplined ones. Oh, you need to write that down. Because if you're going to follow Jesus, you can't be sloppy. If you're going to follow Jesus, you can't just be broke, busted, and disgusted. you got to develop some discipline. There's got to be some things in your life that you now do that you didn't do. We've got to get some structure. We've got to get some order. We've got to get some authority in our lives to where we command ourselves to do right even when we don't want to do right. Where we discipline ourselves. Sundays, that's for church. Oh, come on, somebody. Sunday mornings, that's for church. That's a discipline that I'm there, that I'm a part of the gathering. Because Hebrews said, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves. That's a given. That's, that's, that's set in stone. My kids know it's Sunday. We go into church. That's how we get down. That's part of my discipline. That's part of my worship. That's part of my service unto the Lord. But it doesn't stop there. When I get paid. 
That's not even a conversation my wife and I ever need to have. We know that 10% of what we get in goes to the Lord. It's a discipline. It doesn't matter that our car broke down that week. It's settled. Well, we're going to have to find a way because God is going to get his because as we put him first, he'll fix our car. It's a discipline to do that. See, we're just like you. Things come up. There's temptations to put off our tithe and do those things. But it's the disciplines that cause you to be great. Disciplining your life to do your devos every day. It don't take much but discipline. To sit there and have your coffee for 10, 15 minutes, break open your word, read that Bible, speak it over your life, get it on the inside. See, it's going to take that for you to grow up. But if you just come to church and you hear the preacher preach, that's a good place to start. But there's more to this than that. You've got to be relentless. What would happen? I mean, check your phone every now and again. You can go into the, the settings and you could, it'll tell, your phone will tell on you. It will tell you how much time during the 24-hour period that you spent on Facebook, that you spent on Instagram. It'll tell on you. And why is that important? Because we say this all the time. I just didn't have no time to pray. Oh, but you had time to go look at other people's pictures. You had time to compare your life with theirs. You had time to go review hairstyles. Come on, somebody. See, it's discipline. It's discipline. And I'm just like you. I fall into those categories, too, where I could spend time online. I could spend time on social media. And and I end up going, wow, I just spent 30 minutes looking at stuff and reading posts. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just like you, too. We have to be careful of that stuff and be disciplined to make sure that we're spending time with the Lord because it is beneficial to us. See, one of the dangers of grace, see, grace is is when God gives us unmerited favor. That means this, there is nothing you can do to make him love you more than he does right now. If you sold everything and gave it to the poor, he couldn't love you any more than he does right now. If you went out and you, you know, rescued burning babies out of a burning house, that's a cool thing, right? God couldn't love you any more than he does right now. There's nothing you can do to increase the amount of love that Jesus has for you. So here's the dangerous part of that, okay? When your heart is not right, we rest in that. And we go, well, then why I got to do anything? If I'm good, if I'm covered by the grace, I don't really need to do nothing. But see, that's an unrenewed heart. Because a heart that is after God says, wow, he's done all this for me. He gives me all this, all this love. The proper response from a pure heart is to, in response to his love, respond in kind. If God loves me no matter what, my response to him is to obey him. If God loves me no matter what, my response is to serve him. If God loves me no matter what, my response is to obey his word, not because I'm trying to make it into heaven. I'm already in heaven. Not because I'm trying to get him to love me. He already loves me because it's the proper response to a God that has made the first move towards you. Are you tracking with me today? So 
What has to happen for you and I is now we need to read his word and understand if I am going to walk this life in response to a loving God who has given me grace, I need a strong spirit because it is out of our spirit that we live our lives. Are you with me today? So we've got to develop a strong spirit. So we just read all these scriptures. Get your, uh, you know, you got to get in the word because the word renews you in knowledge. And then we read in Jude, you need to pray in the Holy Ghost because when you pray in the spirit, it builds up your inner man. Tell your neighbor right now, get your weight up. Praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, praying in the spirit is an equivalent to lifting weights in your inner man, the Bible says. Jude says it is how you make your spirit bigger. It is an exercise of faith. Let me explain that. Think of your faith as a muscle. Okay. How do we get our muscles bigger by using them? That's a revelation for somebody in here. You wondering why you ain't got biceps. You ain't using them. But somebody that goes to the gym, what do they do in the gym? They simply use the muscles they have, and they just simply use it. Did you know when you pray in the Spirit, it is, it is by faith? We take scriptures like Acts chapter 2. We take Romans where it says that we create, he creates intercessions through groanings that cannot be uttered. By faith, we step in our prayer closet and we say, Shika rabasata, robo soko bratata, shika. Do you know I don't see anything happening? But by faith, I believe what the scripture says that I pray the perfect prayer unto the Lord. And when I pray in the spirit, even though my mind is unfruitful in the understanding, as Paul said, it is giving, it is praying the perfect prayer of intercession. And every day when I do that, it's simply using my faith muscle because what I'm doing is based on nothing else but God's word. What would happen if as Christians every day we would use our faith? I'll tell you what would happen. You would grow up. You would grow up is what the Bible tells. We would become mature Christians, not having need of milk, but now being able to partake of the meat of the word. And that is what our desire is for this house, that we be relentless to pursue growth. We be be relentless to pursue growing in our inner man, because you've got to understand something here. The inner man is what we live out of. And if you have a weak inner man, you're going to have a weak life. Let me let me keep going on this now. Look at uh, let's go over here uh, to Romans chapter 12, verse two. It says this, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. What Romans chapter 12, 2 says is that we have to build up our inner man. We have to build up our mind. And it is the word of God that causes you to grow. So so let, let me give you these things here. How do I build up my inner man? Okay. The first thing you've got to understand about building up your inner man is it's through the word of God. What is happening right now is I am just throwing chunks of the word at you. It is building you up in the spirit. 
When you hear the word, it produces faith, and faith builds you up. Every Sunday when you come, it is a responsibility that I have to give you the word so that you can be built up. But you know what? You're going to need some word tomorrow, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, love. Come on. Monday, Tuesday. Oh, no, no, no. Come on. You're going to need the word every day because it builds you up. And it's a very simple thing to crack open the word and read it, but it takes discipline because there are other things vying for your time, like social media, like television, like other things. When you've got to just discipline yourself to do it. When you discipline yourself to do it every day, the Bible says it renews your spirit. It's your spiritual calisthenics. You crack that word. You read that word. You confess that word. That builds up your spirit, man. I know this isn't real deep, but you've got to catch this. Okay. the second thing that builds it up is prayer every day. Prayer is an act of faith. You are praying to a God that you cannot see or feel with the five senses. And so every moment you spend in prayer is an act of faith that builds you up. That's why some of you, your faith can only sustain you five minutes in prayer. And then you're just going crazy. You got to stop. Because that's where your faith level is at. But as your faith grows, you can spend 15, 30 minutes in his presence. And although you see nothing, sense nothing, feel nothing, you're at home in his presence because you have built your faith up to that level. Listen, you've got to spend time in his presence. It's how you build your faith up. And the last area of building up your faith is you've got to get your prayer language that it talks about in the, in the book of Acts chapter 2. The book of Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, what was released into the earth was an amazing, amazing thing. And it was so important that when you read Matthew chapter 28 and Jesus uh, resurrects from the dead, and right before he goes up to heaven, he says this. He says, don't do anything. Go and wait for my spirit in Jerusalem. Don't do nothing. Don't do anything. Don't go, don't go preaching. Don't go, don't go doing things. Don't go serving. Don't go spreading my word. Don't do anything until you are baptized by the Holy Spirit with him coming upon you. We need to get back to that scripture in America. Because we got folks doing all kinds of stuff without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some would even say, well, the baptism of the Spirit is not for today. Show me that scripture. You can't because it ain't in the Word. And then you got other people because they're dominated by their intellect. They would like to excuse it and say, well, you know, it's not for today. And then you got some people, they want Jesus, but they only want Jesus to the level of their understanding. Now, that's a problem because how can you and I perceive all of God? He is so much bigger than our psyche. If we limit our experience with God to that which we can understand, you're going to fall short. There is so much about God that I don't understand. I don't know why that when I pray in the spirit, it has to sound crazy like it does. And y'all know I got some crazy tongues. I think I watched too many cartoons as a kid because it comes out in my tongue sometimes. I'll never forget the first time when we got married I think I've told you this story. Some of you have heard this before. My wife and I, we just got married, newlyweds, and we're just so in love and so spiritual. And we said, I said, baby, let's go in the bedroom and let's pray. 
It was probably like our first week together. I don't know. And so we're praying. You know, we lay on the bed and we're praying next to each other. And then I start praying in the spirit and I just start going. I start just groaning and travailing for my marriage in, in, in tongues, you know. And then I put my hand on my wife next to me and she's shaking, like vibrating on the bed. And I'm just praying. I'm going, oh, God's moving in her. I feel her body going up and down. And I start praying even stronger. Oh, yes, God, bless her. And then I open my eyes and I look over at her and she's bouncing because she's laughing at me. And she goes, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Your tongues sound crazy. You said Scooby-Doo like four times. Can I be honest with you? I was so mad. I'm praying my guts out for you. And you over here laughing. I don't know why praying in the spirit sounds the way it does. And here's the thing. It sounds different in everybody. So don't laugh at, you, at me. Some of y'all got crazy tongues too. Ain't that right, Jessica? Ain't that right, Jessica? And the youth said, amen. The youth hear her pray in the spirit. And it just sounds a whole nother thing. I could do it right now, but I'm not going to. It just, it just sounds different. It's it just going to sound different. Yours ain't going to sound like mine. Mine's not going to sound like yours. You know, the Bible says it's a language. So there's depths to it, just like there's depths to normal language. How many know there's depths to English? There's South Sacramento English. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, there's things we say. But then when you go to college, you learn another level of English. Then there's the king's English. Come on. There's proper English, you know, all that kind of stuff. Did you know praying in the spirit is the same way? There's depths to this thing. Your, your prayer language changes. It develops. I, I like to say it like this. It's kind of like when we receive that gift, uh, it's, you're at a level of see Jane run. See spot go. And it's, you know how you were when you were in kindergarten, you're learning those phrases. And your prayer language is very small in that. But it, what's amazing to me is some people have been saved 10 years and their prayer in the spirit is still at that elementary level. See Jane run. See spot bark. And then there's others when you spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, turning your mind off about what you're praying and just allowing your spirit go. You go to depths and worlds and you go into places in the spirit where you unlock power. And you come out of it where it's like, here, here's the depth I'm talking about. So much so that when you read the book of Acts chapter 2, when they came out of that level of prayer, everybody thought they were drunk. They thought they were drunk. It's been said that smoking weed and getting drunk is a counterfeit of the high that you're supposed to get in prayer. And I've been there. I've been there before. 
Check it out. I, I can't tell you how many times I had the police called on me while I was praying. I know, it's crazy. It's crazy. There was one time I was driving. I was in Bible school at the time, and I was driving my car, and it was at night, and I was going through Hayward over there by Oakland, and I'm just praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm just, I got some worship music on. I had some Ron Cannoli on at the time, and I'm just, I'm just praying. And as I'm praying in the Spirit, my foot is going further on the gas. And I'm binding the devil. Devil, I break your power against me. Seriously, no joke. I'm praying and I'm speeding. Next thing you know, the lights come on behind my car. The police are out, got me. And I'm like, oh, now I'm really praying. Oh, Lord. You got Daniel out the lion's den, Lord God. Come on, you got Gilligan off the island. Coming to America. Get me out of this one, Lord. Get me out of this one. And so I pull over, and the guy comes over to me, and I'm crying in prayer. As I'm praying, tears are running down my eyes. My face is all red. I'm wiping the boogers off and everything. I'm just like, yes, officer, how you doing? He's like, you know you were speeding. And I go, you know what? I'm not even going to lie to you. I said, I was praying. And the spirit of God just kind of took over and, and I lost track of how fast I was going. And this officer he takes my information. He walks back to his car and I'm just praying in spirit. Oh, God, just give me grace right now. I'm not under the law, Lord. I'm under grace, Lord Jesus. And, and he comes back and he gives me my license. He goes, you know what? I'm going to let you go because I ain't never heard anybody give me that excuse before. So it must be true. And I was praising God all the way out of there. Because there's a level that you can go to in prayer, in the spirit, that begins to unlock his presence in a tangible way. And here's what it is. It's not that the presence isn't there already. It's that you build yourself up to the level now that you can actually feel him. See, with a small spirit, think of it as, as your spirit man as being an antenna or a radar. You know, back in the day when before cable, come on, we had antennas on the house. Any old school folks remember them days? Oh, yeah, big old antenna on your house. And as the bigger your antenna, the more signal you can pull in. Now, the signal's always been there. But because you've got a large antenna, you can pull it in. Your spirit man is the same way. The spirit is always there. But when you build up that inner man, you can now detect, feel, and sense that signal to where it becomes more real. And we need that, folks. That's why Paul is saying build up your inner man. Because when your inner man's strong, in the midst of the storm, you'll feel God. I'll never forget when my wife and my kids and I, we were coming back from Santa Cruz a couple years ago. We got in that car accident. I'll never forget when that thing, that car hit us, our car spun. It was like, just like in the movies, everything went into slow motion. And in the midst of that, the airbags are going off. We're going over the curb and everything, or going over the, the, the railing. And we both talked about it after, and we both felt, I just felt the presence of God. In that car where, yes, it was scary. Yes, it looked like we could lose our lives. But in the midst of that, 
We felt God. And you want to know why? It's because our inner man was strengthened. And so when that car stopped spinning, we were able to make sure everybody's okay and hold everything together and do what we need to do. See, I want to produce disciples like that. I want to produce this because I don't know what's coming around the bend for your life. I don't know what challenges are coming at my family, but I want to prepare myself that I'm ready for them. That no matter what the enemy throws my way, I'm going to make it through. Why? Because I have a strong spirit. And let me wrap this up for you. Look, at, look right here in, in the Bible right now. Go ahead and look at Isaiah 10, 27. Isaiah 10, 27 says it like this. Uh, in the King James Version, it says, In that day their burden will be lifted from your shoulders, the yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be broken because of the anointing. But look what it says in the New International Version right here. It says, in that day, their burden will be lifted from their shoulders, their yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be broken because you've grown so fat. Um, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me help you with this. So King James refers to the fat part as the anointing breaking the yoke. And see, when we, when we read that and we hear that, we think it's an outward anointing coming from heaven, breaking the yoke over your life. But here's what it really means, okay? So what is the yoke over our life? Sometimes you could be yoked to sin. Maybe you got a pornography addiction. You can't shake it. You got problems and areas and addictions and stuff you can't get past. Most of us are waiting for an outward anointing from heaven to come for someone to lay hands on us and break the, that yoke over our lives. But here's what Isaiah says and what it's really dealing with. The word anointing in the Hebrew means to grow large or get fat. And so what Isaiah says is going to happen is in that day, your burden will be lifted from your shoulders, your yoke from your neck. That means whatever you're bound to is going to be broken because the yoke will be broken because you have grown. See, you're waiting for Pastor so-and-so to come and zap you and knock you on the ground, and then you're going to stop pornography. You're waiting for this person to come and lay hands and break this thing off of your life, and everything's going to be better. But you know what the Word says? You can outgrow your enemy. You outgrow it. And so, yes, when I got saved, there, were, there was lust and there were things that had a hold on me. But as I just grew every day, that hold fell off and is broken. Are you guys tracking with me here? See, the situation you're in is not hopeless. It's going to get better. Whatever's choking your marriage out right now, see, it's not that you need to go to this thing or that thing or you need this person to lay hands. Although all those things are good, you know what you really need to do? You got to grow as a couple. And you will outgrow the yoke that's on you that is choking out your marriage, that is choking out your family, that is choking you out. Are you tracking with me today? So what this scripture is telling us is your deliverance is not coming from heaven. It's coming from within. Some of you have been praying, God, I, I just need you to help me. I need you to make me a better person. I need you to break this anger off of my life. I need you to remove these, these bad dreams. I need you to remove this. You need to remove that grow up and they fall off. It's kind of the same way, they, they, like how they train elephants. You probably heard the story before. They get an elephant when it's really small and they put a rope around its uh, foot 
and he knows that when he pulls, he can't, he can't break free of that thing. But as he grows bigger, he can easily pull that thing away. But in his mind, he still thinks he can. And so they use a small little weight to hold a large uh, elephant in place. But see, what that elephant doesn't know is that his growth has now removed his bondage. And I'm here to tell you today, your growth will do the same. Some of you are convinced you're going to be this way your entire life. Some of you are convinced this ain't never going to change. I'm always going to struggle with depression. I'm always going to struggle with this thing. As you grow, the, the, the yoke is broken over your life. Are you tracking with me? So you got to grow. You got to get relentless about growth. You can't be casual about reading your word. You can't be casual about prayer. That's why I had these incredible encounters with prayer because I wasn't casual. I would pray so loud. My dad would come and complain. He said, son, you got to go somewhere else with that. All that shiba deba, shaba doo doo, whatever you're praying. You need to go somewhere and you need to pray. So I used to go out right here by the freeway, uh, Southgate Park right there where Daler's at. There's a little park there next to the, next to the freeway and they didn't have have a wall back then. So the freeway would be real loud. You just hear. Shoo, shoo, shoo. And so I could go out there and pray in tongues and nobody could hear me. And so me and Pastor Troy, many of you know Troy Marshall, we used to go out there and walk that field and just pray in tongues super loud, just and just be relentless, just in prayer because I wanted my spirit man to grow because I knew, God, you've called me to the nations. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I'm just a messed up kid from South Sac, but I want to fulfill your call. And I just got relentless about building up my spirit. And I want you to catch this today, because if you can build up your spirit, if you can get relentless, things can happen for you. I want to leave you with this scripture right here. If you could help me, uh, Diego, close out. Matthew 14 is another reason why we got to build up our spirit, man. It's the story of Jesus walking on the water. Look what it says. It says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Don't be afraid. But Peter answered him and said, Lord, if that's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, then come on then. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, let me stop right there. You've got to understand what takes place in your inner man. You've got to understand why the prophetic word and the preaching is so important. Why do we like prophecies so much? We like the prophetic word on our lives because when somebody calls us out and they give us a prophetic word, it paints a picture in our mind of the will of God. How many have ever experienced that before? How many have ever got a prophetic word before? Where somebody called you out and said, hey, God says this. God says you're going to be rich. God says you're going to start a business. What is that? What is happening there is with his words, God is framing, Hebrew says, the life that you're going to have. But I like to say it like this. With his word, he frames our inward man on what we see. He creates pictures of what he wants us to see. So here's Peter, and he said, he sees Jesus over there. And he says, Jesus, if that's you, let me come on the water with you. And Jesus says, well, come on then. And in that moment, Peter saw a picture 
that if I walk on the water, if I step on the water, I'm going to walk on it. Now, he didn't see that outwardly. It was in his inner man. Jesus said, come on then. He said, okay, why? What would possess a man to step out on a raging sea and think that he could walk on it? The word of God. The word of God gave him a picture. He took that picture in his inner man and walked on it. But look what happened to Peter. The Bible says that he began to walk on water. But then in an instant, look what it says here. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. He took his eyes off the inner picture and he put it on the outward. And instead of seeing himself walking on water, he now looked at the raging storm. He now began to look at these things. It's just like you. The word of God tells you you're blessed. The word of God tells you you're the head and not the tail. You've been blessed with all the riches of Christ Jesus. But what happens when you look at your bank account? You don't see money. What happens when you look where you live? It ain't that nice. And so the word tells you I'm blessed. Your surroundings tell you you're broke. What you going to believe? Most of us are locked into believing what we see. But if you could build up your inner man, if I could get you to build up your inner man, you can live off of the inside and be happy in the midst of what's going on around you. And what's in you will cause what's around you to change. So look at So Peter... He gets a picture. I can walk on water, but he takes his eyes off and he began to see. He says here, I saw the wind was boisterous. He was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. See, we've got to be we've got to make a decision here right now. You got to be relentless about building up your spirit. Because God wants you to live out of the inward instead of living in the conditions that you are in. Some of your conditions are bad. I know it. You don't like where you live. You don't got no money in the bank. You don't have a lot of hope. Your marriage is struggling. Kids aren't doing good in school. I don't know what it is. But I know those are all outward conditions. If you live based on those things, it's no wonder you got to take meds for depression. It's no wonder you can't sleep at night. But if I could get you to develop your inner man and to focus on what his word says about you on the inside, live out of the riches that are in you, you're going to dominate the outer. And just like Peter walked on the water in the storm, you're going to walk on your circumstances. But you got to build up your inner man. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.